Hi, I'm Kristen. I'm a social self-prez 911963. Hi, I'm Kaisa. I'm a sexual social 918 with the 3 and 5 fixes. Hi, I'm Sammy. I'm a self-prez social 911 with 514 and 413 fixes. Okay. Um, what were you saying, Sammy? Oh, I was saying that um, I had a dream the other night about food. Um, and so to give some context, what we talked about with one of my dream symbols was that every time I dream about food, it's always like being outsourced. So it's like someone serving me food or I'm buying food. I'm never like making it myself. So this like alchemical process is not being done by me it's just always in someone else's hands and the food dream i had the other night was um i was at a restaurant and i got served this like giant platter of food and um it was like a weird dish where like you had you had to do something to like cut into it and like everything would spill out and then you had to like mix a bunch of things together and then start eating it but i was just starting to eat it like with everything still like in its little container and mm-hmm. then like the waitress at the restaurant came over and started to like mix it all together for me and like I didn't even do it myself like she was doing all the mixing and all the like combining of the ingredients and I just like watched <laughs> I didn't I didn't know what to do I just wanted to eat um but like when she came by I just I put my like fork down and I let her do it and I was like oh this is how you like mix the stuff together I just assume that like the way it came is like the way you eat but I didn't realize there was this like extra step in the process and I thought that was interesting. Yeah, like how all my food dreams are. It's just it's someone else <laughs> like doing it for me. Well, and that kind of sounds like there's something you're compartmentalizing with it. Mm-hmm. Like cuz yeah. it's in little like sections or whatever. Were there like qualities of this person like that you can describe her or something? She was very like punctual and stoic and just very practical to the point of being like kind of icy or kind of cold. Um, yeah. And she worked there? Mm-hmm. She was the waitress. Have you ever been a waitress? Mm-mm. Mm. No, <laughs> I was there with a friend, a friend of mine from school um, who I know. Um she's probably a seven dj and um she was the one we suggested we go to the restaurant and i'd never been i didn't know what to expect oh so. wait was this the one that was in the original dream she was in my self dream, dream. Mm-hmm. yeah okay this is like great because i wanted to bring up i was um thinking about your dream the other day cuz <laughs> i think about people's dreams <laughs> um, <laughs> and um I realize, like, with the whole acupuncture thing and with, like, uh, like sevens just, like, constantly showing up in your dreams. And now that you're explaining, like, this girl being stoic and, like, whatever, I mean, this is just me, like, synthesizing all this shit together. But one of the things that I thought of was, like, with acupuncture, you think it's, like, a very precise impact to the body. 
So I'm wondering, and like with, with sevens, um, like, I don't know, are these, I mean, it's mainly maybe seven wing sixes, but I'm, when I think of sevens too, like they leave kind of a very stark impact as well. And I'm wondering if there's something with impact rather than us kind of like throwing around the word assertive, because, you know, it's one thing to kind of conceptualize assertive, but also just for it to be impactful. Like, do you allow things to impact you as much? When I'm around sevens, like specifically, I think there's always like overwhelm because it just feels like I'm being like dragged along into their schemes. And sometimes I can feel myself want to protect myself from being impacted because they have such a high energy or like high capacity for like engagement and like disruption and all my energy is spent like trying to avoid that mm-hmm. <laughs> it seems um so i would say that's true that sometimes i can avoid being impacted by things fully yeah because i i think even just nines in general like the more that i talk to nine, i think it i think it's every type but like because of nines being body types it is kind of like a bit more like they dissipate kind of anything that um whether positively or negatively would impact them um it's just like kind of more of an obvious like thing that happens and I wondered I'm like with all of the aspects of your dream and stuff like if there was something about like maybe incorporating that more into um self-preservation so it's like not just um like I don't want to say mindless, but like the the same things, like you're you're using the same resources or like you're associating with them in the same way. Like mm-hmm. maybe it's trying to kind of get you to like be impacted differently or something, if that makes sense. No, that does make sense. And so with her, like the the um waitress and stuff to be so kind of just, I don't know, like, I don't know how I want to see that if her qualities would be helpful or harmful. Cause she is the one that's kind of like mixing everything together, but she's also not the one like cooking it. You know what I mean? Like, she's just kind of like, here, look at this that I'm doing instead of like being the, the maker of the process or something. Yeah, no. And one thing I remember is the waitress seemed like annoyed that she had to do it for me like she seemed like pissed off like she just had other things to do but she saw that I was like struggling so much like eating it wrong okay yeah she was like an older person um I I don't know I don't really have relationships like that with people in real life so it was just weird to have that in a dream someone like her Mm -hmm. yeah I'd have to think about that more um I like that. I, I guess like too, I'd, I'd want to know more about like what's going on in your life that she would appear and be tropic. Like what are you compartmentalizing in, in waking life that this shadow figure is like, come on, fucking mix it up already and eat it. <laughs> well, I mean, I've been just finding it difficult to get motivated about certain things. Um, like I'm applying for a lot of jobs right now. Um, so I've been like polishing like my resume and my portfolio and just gathering a bunch of materials and writing cover letters. And it just feels like I'm not making any progress. Mm. Um, And something about the idea of like 
working and having a career, I feel like is something that is compartmentalized in myself. Um, like the level of like constant focus and like discipline for like eight hours a day, um, you know, coming from just being a college student to like being thrust into the workforce, I feel like is something that was like disorienting for like a few months. And then I kind of got used to it, but then I kind of was like back in my like comfort zone routine, not really like engaging in it. And now I'm back to square one where I'm kind of like, okay, I have to prepare to get like punctual again and to get like perfectionistic again um, and like market myself. But yeah, that whole process feels very unusual for me. Um, and it's difficult to step into that like fully. So maybe that's part of it. Mm. Is it like... Acu- Go ahead. <laughs> so you need to get acupunctual. <laughs> I actually thought of that. I'm like, punctual. (laughs) Is there like um, a mindset of like, I can't enjoy life because I'm not where I want to be? Yes. Okay. (laughs) All right. Nailed it. We're done. (laughs) Let's move on before I start to cry. (laughs) Well, I, I bring that up because like, especially like I think of those kinds of women in restaurants and you're saying like, she's just like, I can't believe I have to do this for you. And like, I don't want to be here and that this to be my job that it's kind of like um, accepting the parts that are not the thing that you want to be doing. I guess maybe that process doesn't have to be also like deadening in a way. Yeah. Um, like, it, it can be uncomfortable and dumb and like not something you want to do, but it also like doesn't have to like rule your entire life of this moment. Like I'm not going to be happy right now because I'm not where I am. Like I can be where I am. I can hate the parts that suck, but I can also be happy that like, you know, I'm living and doing my thing and like the in-between space essentially yeah. can still be something of familiar um things instead of pushing everything out or something yeah no that's like really important because that has been like the main thing on my mind lately um it's like feeling where like I'm not where I'm supposed to be and I should be multiple steps ahead by now um yeah so that that all hits like very accurate um I don't know what else to say about it uh not to cut off from my feelings but i um that is just yeah it hits <laughs> i'm i'm dry, i'm going blank <laughs> that's okay you don't have to know what to say or do about it if if it hits it hits that's all yeah i was also thinking like um, the stoicism making you uncomfortable like uh, I know myself having a lot of withdrawn influence. I'm often very self-conscious about that, especially at jobs when I'm like expected to smile mm. and people keep reminding me that like what's wrong, like smile. And it's like, it's just, uh, it. I keep getting self-conscious to a point that it's really bothering me like all the time when I'm working. Mm. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah, 
not to say that you might experience the same thing. Just like, does that ring any bells for you? Mm, a little bit. I mean, at my last job, I was like by far the most like introverted one in the office. And the office was like crazy extroverted people like throwing things at each other like for fun. And I just wanted to be left alone. <laughs> so I felt a lot of self-consciousness at that job kind of for similar reasons um like just feeling like out of place in the environment um because yeah I wanted to just like kind of I didn't want to be stoic I just wanted to like just do my work in my contained way and just do what I had to do and then leave so it was super compartmentalized and I think because I felt out of place in the environment, like it just added up to all of that. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. And I wonder if that compartmentalization, um, like both in that situation, but also kind of in how you're looking at things now, like, you know, I'm not going to be happy until this equation is, you know, resolved or whatever. Like, you know, this is where I am. It's going to get me here. And then, then I'm going to experience this, that it's just like not leaving any room for something different to occur or some other feeling to be felt or, um, and maybe that's like the, the mixing of all of the food is just like, there's no like messiness and that quality of life is missing, you know, like it's. Yeah, no, that like one thing I've been thinking to myself like lately is how I don't allow for like rawness or messiness to be in my life and like, like in my body as well. Mm. Like I think about my body almost as like a purifying device for all, all of those things that I want like out. Um, and I'm on a very narrow path to what I feel like will bring me enjoyment or pleasure like now or you know, a few months or a year down the line. Um, and I can see that it's kind of like I'm hitting a brick and I'm like wondering why that is. But, you know, realizing now it is because I'm not allowing for like the wider scope of life and the process to hit me in a real way. Um, and if I try to allow that more and be more open to things that are messy and raw and feel like they don't belong within me or my holding environment, then, you know, I can learn to deal with a wider variety of things and that will lead to more confidence maybe. Um, so yeah, that's what I get out of that. Cause that, when you said like raw and like messy, I think it was messy. You said messy, like that hit me because I'm mm. constantly thinking about how I want to avoid mess. Like all my energy is like avoid mess. Well, and then I find it interesting too that like going back to acupuncture, acupuncture is also usually like your muscles or they'll they'll find like the tensest spots of your muscles in order to like hit that release essentially. Um, so even just that kind of symbolic way of thinking about your situation now is just like where are the most tensest, tensest spots um, and where you're being the most tense and how can those places like offer some kind of release from some kind of healing 
or whatever. This is a thought. <laughs> what kind of food was it? That's the thing. I don't know. It, there was like a side of chopped apples. And then the thing that like had to get like scooped out and mixed together. I don't, I genuinely, I don't know what it was. It might've had like fish in it, <laughs> but it was some stew that I just, I had never seen before. I had no idea. Like, I don't even remember what I ordered. It just was like, it was so random. And I'm like, oh, apples are sweet. And I like them. I'll just eat this like apple thing. We're back like, to I sweet just, stuff. What is this? <laughs> <laughs> so I don't even know what it was. It was like a, a mess. It was a confusion to me. I had like, no <laughs> idea. I'd never seen it before. I was like, is this what I ordered? You know, because like I had no idea. Well, then I like how you even just use the word mess, but like you're still going to eat it, you know, because you're paying for it anyway and you right. apparently ordered it. So it's right. like, you know, okay, time to be curious about what that mess is and what it tastes like. Yeah. I'm only wanting to eat the apple because that's the only thing no. I recognize on the plate. <laughs> but I, I, I definitely have that mindset of just like, um, or at least I, I'm trying to work on it a lot more of just like, I am not where I want to be. Um, which is, I think too, what was helping a lot with the self-preservation um, conversations we were having is like just how much I don't even acknowledge the process like that has happened thus far because I get stuck in those states of just like, I'm not where I want to be. Um and it's like, I don't even look back of like, oh, but like, look at all the stuff I have done and all the things I have built and like all that stuff. So maybe that is kind of like a self-preservation wound, kind of no matter where it's at in your stacking yeah. um, of just like, I'm, you know, I'm not doing enough or I'm not where I'm, where I am. Like there, it's always like, it's never being okay with the present um, circumstance. It's always like, I have to be somewhere else and that's where everything will be fine and worked out. You know, I don't know, Kaisa, if you have that at all. Yeah. Well, um, I'd say that oftentimes the places that you want to be in, there are a lot of messes there. So right. don't be scared of the messes that might still be the place where you want to be. Mm. Mm -hmm. Very beautifully. But <laughs> yeah. That is a good reminder. I need to write that down. Just that statement down. You want me to like send you day. the audio clip? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like that idea too. I mean, that's what I've been trying to welcome in a bit more. Mm. It's very hard. Yeah. I'm just reminding myself too that like, for me, you know, the resources I have and the things I'm trying to build in my life, you know, I don't have to keep reaching out to an ideal that doesn't exist yet. I can look at what I've built in my life within the past few months and be content with that because it's still progress, you know? Mm -hmm. So yeah, there's been a weird thing lately about resources and what I've built for my life and um, feeling like there's like this missing step that needs to be done to build it fully instead of looking at what I've done now to kind of build certain foundations um like why do those foundations not feel like enough like why do I feel like I need all this like 
extra decoration and whatever for it to feel complete because like without the proper foundation it's going to crumble and fall but I'm looking like way too many steps ahead mm. you know instead of like just living within the foundation that I have been like slowly building um and like why does that not feel like progress mm-hmm. and kind of like loosening up the way that you're looking at it too Mm-hmm. of just like instead of either like this sucks or this is good kind of just being like hmm well I wonder what this corner of this place <laughs> would be like if I went and explored that or something like letting things take you like again when we're circling back like letting things impact you in a way that they haven't before um mm-hmm. rather than just kind of like um projecting what you've already experienced or something or what you already know of that thing or however you like view yourself, like letting that kind of be more open instead of so narrow and already defined. Yeah. Well, welcome everyone to the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) We're all experiencing our own depression over (laughs) self-preservation. Um. Our attitudes have shifted a lot from the first uh, view into the instinct. And so now we're going to get into um, being upset about all of it. Yeah. I mean, it's still suffering, but at least now it's fun. (laughs) (laughs) We're aware of the suffering now. Mm. Well, Sammy, do you have like, um, like, is this where your process is right now with self-preservation or have you had anything else you wanted to add with all that? This is kind of where I'm at now with it. Um, yeah, just like the outsourcing of certain things showing up in dreams and, and trying to process that. And, um, yeah, so... Yeah, that's about what I've got. Because uh, that's that's the consistent theme um, that's been showing up like in one way or another. It just happened to show up with food um, the other night. So, yeah, I'm curious about what you guys have in your notes because... Sammy's like, please stop talking about me now. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to gently steer away. But no, I, I mean... Because you guys said you had like actual things written down about this because it is different for me because it is my dominant instinct. And so I'll never not have it constantly in my dreams, basically. But for you guys, for it being your secondary Kristen and then like Kaiser for you to not have it at all, that's very different. I will never understand. I mean, and that's why like, at least for me, I can just quick say, and then I can get into other stuff too, but um, it re- like, I was also experiencing like so much um, attention on my dominant instinct. And for the past, like, how long have we been like four, like a fucking month already now? Like I've had nothing but self-pres dreams basically Kaisa and I were talking about this last week. We were just like, oh my God, I'm sick of these fucking dreams. (laughs) 
they just keep going on and on. They don't stop. So we're going to have to move on. <laughs> so I'm hoping like maybe um, going on to the other instincts will help you, Sammy, with, with lifting. So like lifting the pressure off your dominant instinct, you know, because it did for me. I was like, I was pretty fucking cheerful for a while. Just being like, oh, wow. look at this new self-pres realm I haven't explored yet. And then like. And then I was like, okay, I get it. Like, that's, <laughs> that's enough cars for my fucking dream. <laughs> I don't want to look at cars anymore. <laughs> that's so funny. I just, oh my God. Yeah. Every element in my dream right now, we're just like, <laughs> yeah, no, I'm sick of it too. I want to move on. <laughs> Thank I love God. to experience another, another feeling, another atmosphere. Something that isn't a car. My dream last night, I was in a car. (laughs) So I'm just like, I'm ready to be done. (sighs) Yeah, I I think like also um, just to add into that, uh, the feeling that Kaisa, I I like, I don't even remember because I haven't listened back to it yet, but um, it just didn't hit me as much when you said that like with your your self-pres blind dream and that initial um part of it where you're like actually feeling what self-pres feels like um like I don't think I really let that sit in until I started having my own dreams of like what self-preservation like a relation a better relationship with it feels like and I'm like oh my god I need her to like talk about that more or like say that and <laughs> sure it's important cuz either you like we didn't touch on it as much or I was just like completely like dissociating when we were talking about it because it feels like so important to me that it like it's incredible that you could feel that in a dream Mm -hmm. um, and have like a more like a known connection with it rather than it just kind of being totally blind Um, yeah totally Um, I kind of want to share the experiences I had Mm-hmm. After the main self-pressed dream, that was the first one. So I'll just get right into it, if that's okay for you guys. Yeah, go mm-hmm. for it. Um. Yeah, okay, so um, in those dreams, the first part, I experienced the felt sense of self-preservation. And in the second part, my dream was about me demonizing it. Like, um, I was, like, flying around, attacking the ground or, like, a hole in the <laughs> ground. Mm-hmm. And so, um, right after I noticed, I was doing my schoolwork at my parents' place. And I was, like, positioned in a way that I was hanging down from gymnastic rings, upside down. Uh, I wasn't touching the ground at all. And the laptop was below me. And like, that's how much resistance I do have to the self prints. It's like, yeah, you be on the ground. I can't even touch the ground. I need to be like completely above this thing. <laughs> so, and um, it was very, It's it's been a very busy time with all the schoolwork and all the other self-press concerns. And like I had a huge internal resistance to the instinct. And it was like my body was hurting all the time. And I I 
felt super anxious and angry and like all kinds of feelings and like um it kind of encapsulated into my body all those like feelings like I was waging a war within myself to attack the self press so as we also talked my approach was very masculine in a sense that I was attempting to like defeat it or attack it or like overcome the whole self press and saw it as something to do or perform and so I reflected the dream and all those sensations I had and so one day then I was doing yoga um, this was kind of very transformative for me and all the hurt that I had in my body at first I st started to like fight and counter it which is like very counterproductive so I changed my approach into like um, more receptive type of thing and I embraced the feeling all the even the hurt I stayed with the feeling instead of like fighting it so then all suddenly all that pain and hurt started like uh, unraveling from my tissues and I mean uh, pain often it stays in the tissues in the ner nerves and fascia like it keeps enforcing the pain and the stress and inflammation and cortisol and everything so I felt that it started relieving and I started crying like I really bawled my eyes out while I was doing it the yoga and I stayed receptive to all the feeling and so at the end I was laying down there was uh, another thing like having my body against the ground which which was something that I would have <laughs> really tried to fight but like I kind of surrendered to it and I felt a sense of like surrender or giving up to a point that it felt like like a burial like mm. burying myself in the ground but like and there was a lot of grief but then I realized that in the embrace of the ground that's where a uh, seed can start growing like it's like a nourishing womb and it's a uh, like a very strong felt sensation and like I had a very vivid sensation of myself as a seed so like instead of just reaching to the sky I would also start growing roots and that's yeah that's so what like. beautiful <laughs> yeah <laughs> that was like that was a major thing and afterwards I kind of felt all the pain being processed and moved on and had like a very renewed sense of myself and I welcomed myself to the experience of being a human like 
that accepting that I'm made of earth and clay, like humans. And like I dyed my hair. It was a, just a tiny bit before that I dyed my hair back to my natural color too, which is like uh, this kind of blonde, light blonde sand type of color. Um, so yeah, then after that I started having dreams, like I was holding myself like like myself as a baby bird oh. and I was nurturing it. <laughs> We were just like laying down on the grass and on the ground and that kind of stuff. That was like very moving. And then um, I have momentary glimpses still of the felt sense of self-preservation because it's just not. It's not just like doing stuff. It's a uh, felt sense of like nurture and uh, meeting my needs in an enclosed space for myself in a way so there was for example one time when I like consciously tried to return that feeling and I had my visual field change in a way that suddenly all the textures just like vividly came up like and that change in my visual field it really looked like something to have on like fucking psychedelics <laughs> suddenly all the like details and structures leaning into each other and all the textures just jumped up to me so it's an interesting like very interesting thing to happen but like it's kind of difficult to remember that self-press feeling but more importantly, I guess, um, since that dream, I started noticing when I'm really trying to get drunk with my stacking, with the sexual social, and when I'm really trying to derail myself into ad like the stacking addictions and stuff, and chasing some, some kind of euphoric high from what, whatever thing, and I've started to notice what kind of uh, strain it really puts on myself, like, on a self-press kind of way. But the whole thing with, like, my stacking is like, a, it's really like an addiction. It's, I need that high before I do anything, but once I'm doing it, then I can't start anything else. It's like, like a constant, like, uh... I don't want to say struggle, because my whole point was not to make it struggle. Okay, <laughs> well, <laughs> well, now it is a struggle again. <laughs> I mean, things have been really fucking hectic lately. And so <laughs> let me tell you about the self-press dream I had like a couple nights ago. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> hilarious. I'm excited. There was a... <laughs> Sorry. There was a blind person in a desert. Um, I think he was wearing a, like a this kind of orange robes of a monk, and he was blind. He was looking for a car in the desert, so he would have to trail the whole surface area of the desert, 
and a couple of times he even passed right, walked right past the car without seeing it. And like, on rest, retrospect, I was thinking like, well, he didn't eat, sleep, or drink anything, but he was like very determined <laughs> to find the car. But like, that's even worse than trying to find a needle in a haystack. <laughs> <laughs> Where were you in this dream? Was it one of those that you're observing it again? I was observing it. I was floating around in the sky and I was like, oh man, this is not good. <laughs> so you're, you were just watching it happen? I was like... watching it like a, there was a blind person, like just trying to slowly with the, with the stick, just try to cross the like a whole desert. There was nothing and he believed he can find the car. Wow. Oh my gosh. I mean, what part of you is that, though? Um, something very blind, but very determined. <laughs> <laughs> that's like a perfect dream. I don't know how else to say it. Like, that's no. a perfect dream to encapsulate your blind. It's too on the nose. Like a literal blind man. <laughs> In a place with no resources. Yeah. <laughs> just a car in the middle of the desert. Yeah. He was I just... mean, I, I also think about that too of like when monks are doing things like that or like whatever, like they're, they're usually like there for a spiritual experience, you know? Mm. So, I mean, in that sense, it could be, like, maybe you're just seeing it as, like, oh, he's just try trying to find, like, the tangible self-prez. Um, but, I mean, in a in a different way that it could be helping you to see your blind spot. And, like, what we've been talking about this whole time is kind of, like, how can you elevate your instincts, not just as, like, your biological human needs, but as, like, a spiritual need, too. Mm, right that's true and also he wasn't he didn't seem to be in a bad mood in a way the way that I do that I would walk 10 meters and then <laughs> throw a tantrum because it's not working <laughs> he's having the patience <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah because I mean that's actually one of the things I was thinking about too just with instincts and I'm like not sure how much is talked about this or like I don't know but um I think one of the things that has helped with me over these past couple of weeks is just realizing that although there is like that the biological need of these instincts there's like a, a spiritual connection to them too that that can help in having I guess a better relationship with the biological need or or like the human you know survival need of it um that I guess like I was kind of spinning out on my own about like well, what do I do about this and that's that whole like you were saying um Kaisa like a masculine kind of approach that we talked about for your mm -hmm. like it, I guess it was just so much easier to talk about it with your blind spot because you just had so much more like aggression towards it <laughs> um <laughs> That, like, instead of it just being what do I do and, like, what tangible things are going to occur or what would I get or whatever, but, like, 
having more of like a a felt um emotional or resonance some kind of like like spiritual relationship with it establishing that kind of first makes then the tangible things seem like they make more sense you know Mm. it's that whole like feminine comes before masculine kind of idea that's true especially when like self-press is associated with the womb and the like feminine kind of nurture thing Mm -hmm. so yeah i i learned that it cannot be tackled with the masculine way Mm -hmm. and i actually when you mentioned that of it like of you feeling like self-preservation is also about like care and nurturing like I'm gonna second that motion because (laughs) for me like a lot of the dreams that I had been having um afterwards like have been that idea of like caring and holding and stuff like that that it's like oh I don't have to be so hard on myself about this. Like there's like a, an actual nurturing aspect to that and I'll get into it then. But I just like, I found it interesting that we kind of both went to the same place with Mm. our experiences of self-pres. Yeah. And the whole like practice of grounding oneself means to like, to nurture. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you did you have um other things that you've experienced or mm. should I should I blab about mine? Yeah, well there's recently my dreams have been like um also like I'm trying to find scraps of food from other people's homes or some parties or just trying to find leftovers wherever I can get and um, I feel like I need to like get out of people's way or do things for them in order to like get my even basic nurture or like I'm trying to find a shower but I can't find it and then finally when I find one outside there's no walls and people come and look and they come come queue and I want to like uh, get out of their way because I don't want to bother them so I finish showering and that kind of stuff and I've been using a lot of time recently just to help others with whatever so yeah I should probably help myself too (laughs) (laughs) I've noticed as well with mine of the whole um, especially with nines and not being able to express their needs, essentially. Um, that Sammy, I don't know if you have that, like being self-pressed dom, like, do you have it where you, like, I know other self-preservation nines I've talked to have it, like, um, they just have a hard time letting people help them or, or really expressing what they need, like they're just going to go and get what they need when they need it, sort of. Um, You mean, like, do I struggle, like, in waking life right now with, like, accepting help for acquiring certain needs, like, certain, like, self-pres needs? Mm-hmm. I'd say I feel some resistance 
when there is help with that. But I'm in like a weird spot right now where I can't always say no. At least that's the way it feels. Um, So I don't know. There is some sense of like independence being threatened, but with like my situation right now, having like nurturance and like certain things being outsourced constantly, it's like, you know, I feel sort of resigned to that. Um, But I think that's like circumstantial. Um, But the feeling is that there is kind of like a resistance within myself about accepting the fact that I have to let someone else deal with it, maybe. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. I just wondered, because like for for me and the wound it brought up for me was just like, is this just a nine thing? Or is this just a social nine thing? Like I'm so, like, I don't know. Like some nines I talk to like have no problem with, I mean, I think it's like they, they're they able to, like, get what they need, but I think if it, like, goes outside of, like, any kind of boundary, like, if I have to go out of my way to ask someone for something or if I have to, you know, if if it means, like, if I take up my space and that feels like it's taking up or diminishing another person's space, then I'm not going to do it or I'm not going to ask for it. Yeah, that's the key thing for me. Like if asking something feels like it's going out of my way or um, if it's like out of my comfort zone somehow, mm-hmm. then I won't do it. I'll just like make do with what I have and suck it up. Okay. So. Yeah. yeah, I wasn't expecting mine to have such, like, a big deal about how much I don't, <laughs> like, how much I'm just, like, keeping my space, like, super small um, mm-hmm. to to accommodate everyone else. So I just didn't, didn't know. Sorry, go ahead, Kaisa. I cut you off a little bit by <laughs> derailing no, on that. No, it's fine. I was just thinking that, like, we nice thing that everyone has an equal space except for us. We don't really <laughs> yes. have one. That's so disturbing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, I think that was all I wanted to say about mine. So you can go ahead. Yeah, I like I just kept thinking about just this whole time. And that's why I'm so excited to get into the other instincts. Because like, especially with yours, um, Kais is about like how much connection it brought you to the instinct just of how it's feeling and everything and also just the grief around it like I I know I said that I think before of just like you know oh well your blind spots and instincts and whatever will have a lot of grief around it and yet like I I like Mm -hmm. now kind of experiencing it in real time like not just either with myself or like um the concept of it but like the actual like oh my god this person's in pain because of like what it's bringing up and like I just find that really important and then I I felt it on my own level too so it's Mm -hmm. just um right if everyone listening needs to go cry about their instincts so (laughs) we're talking about (laughs) it was intense Mm. yeah it was like I I felt as if in order to access the blind spot I had to 
process all the grief and anger and whatever baggage I was carrying because it was blocking me from like truly accessing the instinct. So mm-hmm. I'm quite certain that the process in question is also for others as well. Well, Sammy, are you ready for ours then? <laughs> no, I I don't even know what we're in for, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I could only hope to have like like a, a similar experience to Kaiza's where she had that like really intense transformation doing the yoga and then releasing all of that. Um, yeah, she set a very high standard. So <laughs> let's <laughs> let's see That's if true. we can. It's true. Uh, true self yeah. dump. This is about <laughs> yeah. high standards. okay well yeah all right i'll talk a little bit about mine um let me pull it up because i wrote it down quite a little bit ago Mm. okay so mine had this weird progression um that i'll i'll try to explain in a uh nice and neat way and I also I've been talking to my um, roommate who is self-preservation and asking her like what what am I doing with self-preservation like having another person even like tell me like well I I think you know she said that you're like never tracking the skills that you're building or the foundation you already have the ongoing process that self-preservation is all about. Um, she said that I see people where they already are rather than how they got there. So like the entire process is just completely discounted. Um, and so I'm not acknowledging the levels that happen in gradual building. And I'm also not processing, uh, I'm not possessing anything. Things just aren't like stable. Like I, I don't think of things as possessions. And I know Kaisa, you kind of said this as well in your dreams that you never own anything. Um, and so mine are kind of like on and off. Like there are dreams that I, I do, like I'll be in my house, but more so I have dreams of just like being in an apartment again, even though I already own a house and like just all of these things where I'm like, I don't own any of the things that I'm interacting with. And sometimes I'll even have dreams of people like taking things or stealing things from me and whatever. So it's just this weird, like, um, thing I'm still trying to understand, like how I'm even doing that, I guess. <laughs> um, so she mentioned that. Um, so she, we kind of talked about like, all right, what do I do about that? Um, and I wrote down like learning how self-preservation isn't just a prop. Um, Cause that whole idea of like self-preservation as a middle is kind of just like, Oh, it's just like to feed social, you know? So learning how it's not just a prop. Um, it doesn't have to be black and white, good or bad or out of control. Cause that's a big theme that started coming up in my dreams that I'll mention is just how like things felt completely out of my control. Um, so then it's like, I'm creating creating an anxious identification with this rather than owning what is happening and working to either move forward or deal with the situation. I'm not tuned in to the self-present objects and dreams. Um, I'm tuned in more to the relational aspects. So it's, um, those were really interesting things to kind of discover about myself of just how much I'm not, um, 
putting any, <laughs> like, or at least little attention. Like it's just a proxy rather than something that like is present and like living, I guess, or I'm allowing it to breathe in a way. I'm not doing that. Um, so my dreams kind of took this um, progress of like, the first one was very profound and I know it's going to seem like strange or whatever, but um, it kind of sparked my curiosity as to like what I'm even doing with the self-preservation instinct again. And so I was with my self-pres friend and I was teaching her about rocks and I was like putting rocks in little, like, again, I'm compartmentalizing the rocks. I'm putting them in little compartments and I'm saying this rock is for self-preservation and this rock is for social <laughs> and this rock is for sexual. And I'm like teaching her about it. Um, I don't know if I mentioned this, this friend is self-preservation Dom. So, um, I'm teaching her and she like stops me and she starts like talking about how excited she is that like, oh, she's taking these rocks to her family and her family are like, you know, and really enjoying her work and stuff. And then she said to me um, that she like held one up that was kind of like, you could see the layers of the rock. And she said that, oh, look, you can like see it's sedimentary makeup is just like people you can see that where the rock once was, it will also become. And then I woke up and I had that quote in my head. Yeah. Of just, yeah. Where, where the rock once was, it will also become. And so I talked about this with my roommate and I'm like, what the fuck? And she started saying like, you don't ever see self-preservation as a process. Like you're never looking at it as a building process. And I'm like, Oh my God. Like, <laughs> I was just so like, wow, what a beautiful way to put that, you know, like just it like hit me in such a strange way. And like, um, it made me like super curious about like what it is I'm doing and why I'm not looking at it in that way. And it's just like that kind of thing where, I mean, at least for me, I always feel like the teacher, like, I don't know if social self-pres or just maybe my flavor of it or whatever, but I'm always teaching people like, um, and so to have like someone teach me something was just like, I don't know. I became the student or whatever. It was just like, Oh, this is so cool. I don't know. <laughs> so that was the first one that I had after we started like, you know, really honing in on what self-preservation is and how it feels and stuff. Um, and then it kind of, changed my dreams started having um more plants in them and I know I've mentioned plants before but like because I work at a greenhouse or whatever but these were like very specific and I started actually paying attention to what they could mean rather than just like oh there was a plant in my dream <laughs> so there were like different um like plants in various stages of like decomposing that kept showing up and so I would like research what different parts of the plants, like, you know, why does this plant liquefy and whatever? And like the one, um, like, I guess path I went down with researching like liquefied plants is that they do that to their leaves so that they can like reabsorb the nutrients and regrow leaves. So it's a constant like death and rebirth cycle of one plant. And just the way that I was having these dreams and like being interested in it is like, started helping me develop like Kaisa for you, like a 
better or stronger relationship with self-prez is like, oh, like this process here, it like this kind of organic process of, you know, cutting things off and letting them regrow and like using, you know, old things to transform into new things. Like this kind of cycle was something like I never like felt before, I guess, even though like I can conceptually understand it in things and I talk about it quite often, but the feeling of it was disconnected. And through these dreams, like I felt like an actual connection to that feeling or that experience. Um, and like, it was just, it, it wasn't like there all the time, but occasionally when I would get really like socially, just like, you know, spinny or whatever, I would have these kind of dream like the these um emotions from my dream to like kind of reground myself in a way um that I like never had before so I was like super excited like this is so cool <laughs> like I can like kind of calm myself down um by like planting myself again you know um and then you became a plant too I did <laughs> <laughs> You guys turning into seeds and plants. <laughs> I did become a plant. Wow. Oh my god. Oh god. That was perfect. Um yes, I had tons of plants. Um, so I like now know a lot of the plant cycle. <laughs> Even though I've been working with plants for like I don't know how long. I'm like finally learning why they do what they do. And so I had the big dream basically of all of this um, that I didn't realize how, how much I was like not communicating my needs. And this was on a self-preservation thing. Um, so it had to do with finances and I was struggling, like I won't tell the whole story, but I was struggling pretty hard and not willing to say anything about it. And I basically had someone come up to me and, and kind of mirror my struggling, um, and offer help. And it's just like, at first I was just like, oh, okay. Like kind of shocked, I guess. And then I had a dream that like, I woke up in the middle of the night and just started fucking crying for like, I don't know, like a half an hour or something. And then I just got ready for work and left. But like, um, it was this theme that I kept having for months now. And you know, I've been in association with this person for months. So I think this was this old story that I kept telling myself that wasn't, you know, going any, like I wasn't letting it transform into anything because I was still associating with like, I am social. I can get everything done. I don't need any help. I'm just going to suffer in silence. Like, <laughs> um, and so I kept having this theme where just scattered throughout the, the, months of I would I would come up to a guinea pig cage and the guinea pig cage would be like filthy so I grew up with guinea pigs so I had a personal association with them but also just guinea pigs are like the most fucking self-preservation <laughs> like house pet ever <laughs> um like we talked about pigs um and they are just mini ones with you know they're loud and and cute and whatever but anyway so I kept having this dream that their cage was filthy and I needed to clean it, but they were like either dying or um, 
sick or something like that. And I always felt really bad. And there was just like a lot of shame around it. And I never knew why. And I could never fucking figure this theme out until I had this, I had the dream again this night. And of course it had, it was a bigger dream, but it started off with that. I walked into my apartment and there was a guinea pig cage and they had no food, no water. And they were like this big. They were like, I thought they were dead. And I just remember thinking to myself, like, um, like, oh my God, I need to take care of these. I can't believe I forgot them. I must have walked past this. I don't know how many times and just ignored it. Um, I hope they forgive me. And I go and I like start cleaning the cage or whatever. And then more of the dream happens. But besides the point, I woke so up and they I were like an inch big. Yeah, they were like really small. Yeah. 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 Okay. And, um, when I woke up and I realized one of the aspects of guinea pigs I didn't think about until this event had occurred um, was that they create this obnoxious squealing noise <laughs> when they need something. <laughs> right. Like they, mm -hmm. whenever they need something, they will squeal. And that's like all my guinea pigs all the time I used to get so pissed off at them because they would be squealing when I like you could hear them upstairs I'd be like downstairs like you know opening a bag of something and they'd think it was like a treat so they just start squealing because it's like yeah I want that and um so they always would communicate when they needed something and that's just something I never allowed myself to do it's not it's something I never like nurtured in myself um and once I like put that together I just started like crying like oh my god I it, it just like I didn't even realize like this was so unconscious for so long I didn't even realize there like was another option than like because I was giving myself either I I tell this person that I I can't go on and I don't like ask for help I don't accept help and just I leave essentially or I suffer in silence the entire time and don't tell anyone. <laughs> and so I tried to leave and say, sorry, I like, you know, I'm struggling, but I can't go on. And they said, no, like, let me help you. And there was another option. And I just don't ever like my needs in that sense are not conscious enough to like, even know that I can ask for something else, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. So I, I had a huge, uh, I guess, kind of like different way of looking at self-pres. Like I, there was a way that I was really, really limiting myself with it and my understanding of it and, and how I was relating to it that I think it was just so interesting to have an experience where it did transform. Um, and it made me feel like incredibly grateful too. Like it wasn't just... Um, Like, oh, now I have help and, and I'm okay. But also like, wow, like I was really struggling and I can feel really good still about like where I'm at and that I'm still able to continue and that I'm still building and stuff. Like it just, um, it was a very, it's much more dynamic than I've, I've looked at with self-pres. Um, so then I think, oh, and then there was like a fuck ton of car dreams that I'd rather not get into. I'm so tired of cars. <laughs> no, no car dreams. Please, no. <laughs> I'm so tired of fucking car dreams. Yeah, I had like lots of just like 
there was ones where I was like driving broken down cars. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was getting distracted and accidentally overfilling my gas tank. <laughs> and like, um, there was other like ones where, you know, I still didn't know where I was going and blah, blah, blah. So I kind of worked through with this new information I had with like self-preservation and like how I'm treating it and versus like how it's treating me unconsciously and stuff. Um, I could understand the car dreams a lot better um, and how much like that whole out of control, quote unquote, feeling I have with self-pres um, like just loosening that up a little bit was just very freeing to me. And I stopped having car dreams now. Like I don't have car dreams now. I'm back to fucking social <laughs> dreams now. So I'm ready to move on to social. Social bliss. <laughs> yeah. That's so beautiful. And also fascinating what you said about it. Self-press being a dynamic process. Like I'm going to have to reflect on that one. Yeah. I was really surprised just how dynamic it was for me because it's like even even like I don't know if this if you have this too but just like you can learn about these concepts you can have an understanding of them um but to like really feel what they're doing in your life and just how kind of like unconscious um it's it is and how much that kind of have has a hold on you like wow Like there's a lot there that I was like not at all thinking would come up. Like when we did our first episodes of the dreams, like our first dreams, I was like, oh, this is fun. Like, <laughs> mm. <laughs> like oh, okay. Like this has a, a meaning to it and I can break that down and blah, blah, blah. Like it was so just like in my control of like what we're going to do. And then to have like just nonstop self-pressed dreams and then just, it's almost like, It was like, oh, okay, you're listening. Like now you're gonna run into things that you like can't ignore anymore. Like it it just totally like blew my mind. Mm. Totally. Yeah. We I, came up oh, go ahead. Oh, no, you you go ahead. My my point was a little different. Um, but oh. <laughs> I forgot mine, so <laughs> damn it. <laughs> Battle of the Nines. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> no, but I was just gonna say, um, with like your guys' realizations about self-pres being dynamic, and for me realizing that it's been like a monster in my life, because it's it's the thing that like I'm the most preoccupied with. It's like the thing that destroys me the most and like almost all my dreams are like, not all of my dreams, in some way there's an element of like using self-pres to run away from things, to hide from things, because um, that's like the only way I know to be. And then for you guys, it's like learning so much about it is just so interesting to me, because for me, it's like the opposite. Like I'm learning how much it's taking over and how much it limits me. Because, yeah, it is the thing I'm using to to run away and to hide. Like, my car dream last night, I was running away after breaking something in the car. You know, like, <laughs> and I just, 
I didn't even think twice about it. I just thought, gotta run away. Um, oh, no. Using my resources. Not to fix it, know. not to mend it. Just no. get out. <laughs> no, and then someone stepped on the thing I broke and I freaked out. I'm like, oh my God. And I've been running away in the car. It's like not even thinking about it. So just the self pres monster. That's nuts. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. The whole thing, but. I mean, I started the self-press process with like with a little, little bit like a happy-go-lucky attitude because it's not the thing that I'm the most stressed about but like I'm anticipating in horror my first instinct <laughs> for real <laughs> I'm pretty sure too um I'm not to like totally ch- take the topic away from self-press but also just like there have been every, every once in a while I get in these days of just kind of like, well, I wonder what the other instincts will bring up because of j- like just how dynamic this one was. Um, and especially too, like, I, I hope we did it justice because I feel like self-pres is kind of just so like um, glossed over a lot of the time or just simplified or whatever. So mm. e- even if this doesn't reach everybody in the same way it has for us, I just feel like it has been so like opening to just how like, intense and and wide and dynamic that this instinct is but um I would think about the other ones like wow I wonder what's going to come up about other stuff and I know I kind of like threw some things in the chat that we were having about like just my thought processes on things and I would have dreams then that night of like the other instincts um like and especially for like social I have like all the time so I've been kind of trying to like round out that one but with um, sexual, I was having some dreams that I'm like, oh, I don't think I'm ready for this. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't oh, want to. No. I don't want to do it. <laughs> I felt. I'm just like, no, just take me back to social, and then we can go to sexual because it's just like I was having some dreams where I'm like, I think I see what that's saying, and I don't, I don't want to touch it. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm not, I'm excited, but I'm also not excited. Yeah. This has been like, it was really good that we had a couple weeks of break from the recording because it was getting so intense having these kind of transforming experiences every week or every day. (laughs) Yeah. But I really encourage the listeners to start dream journaling Mm -hmm. and especially about their instincts, because we have a recipe for greatness here. You can start your integration process, and it would be very nice if you send us feedback from your Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh. Uh, send them, I don't know where, but... I was going to say, um, I, I think, I mean, maybe this would work. So if we would, okay, like this is self-pres, right? We did... Um, kind of like our little exploration and stuff on it that when we get towards the end of like um we go through social we go through sexual if we want to do kind of maybe one or two or three even depending on how it goes episodes of like if other people have experienced things with it and this gives people enough time to like try their own um hand at this kind of exercise and yeah then we could, if if everyone that sends something feels comfortable and wants to share, that we'd share it on the podcast and have like 
an episode or two just of other people's experience with the instincts and what came up for them. Because mm. I just found that so much. I was not expecting like, you know, for it to, for like at least our unconscious is like wanting to continue the conversation. Like, no, 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 you're not just going to go on to the next instinct. <laughs> like you have, there's so much shit here that you haven't looked at and you haven't felt and gone through that it's like, um, I, it'd be cool to let everyone else go through their own process. And then at the end kind of have like a, <laughs> they, can, they can have like a month straight of car dreams. <laughs> 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 we don't want to help people. We just want to like make people experience the same torture we did for a month. <laughs> We're sending exactly. subliminal messages yeah. through our podcast <laughs> that you're going to have to start having fucking car dreams. <laughs> <laughs>